Uh, hello and welcome. I'm Katrina Green, Director of Property Management at Gray Residential and the host of this podcast called The Complex, which is going to cover topics related to multifamily development, multifamily properties. And, you know, that's known on the street as an apartment complex, although that's not what we call it. So join me for some candid discussions on everything from trash removal AI, workforce management, pest control. You know, we want to bridge the gap between investors and frontline workers through innovative conversations and some idea sharing so that way we can grow together. Um, I'm excited to invite a former colleague of mine and um, someone that I've had so many laughs with over the years, I couldn't even, I just, I couldn't count them. But nonetheless, she has a very impressive resume, and the topic today is about remote work. The Gray Report has been talking off and on a lot about the impact of remote and hybrid work as it pertains to commercial real estate. And certainly there's an element that we need to talk about within multifamily from a lot of different viewpoints, and Lindsay brings all three viewpoints <laughs> to the table. And so, um, you know, Lindsay, tell us, uh, you know, little bit about yourself, your current position, where you're at right now, and then and then a little bit about why you think I invited you to talk about remote work. I'm assuming for the trash part. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Lindsay Martin. This is my first official podcast. So thank you, Katrina and Gray Capital for having me. Um, hopefully you don't need to do too much editing, but um, thank you for the kind words. I am not originally a Midwesterner. I am from South Georgia, where I uh, grew up, and then after college, moved to New York City for 10 years. Um, there, I also worked in communications and PR in the editorial space, so a different kind of experience there, and then relocated to the Indy area with my native Hoosier husband, Michael. Um, and so when I moved here, I was not sure what my keywords were for a job search, <laughs> And uh, my husband actually put me in touch with your former company. And that's how Katrina and I worked together, of course. And then I think there was a dual introduction, well, which true. I think is fun because it was such a long time ago or it feels like such a long time yes, ago. But yeah. we were well, connected like seven years ago. Yeah, we were connected because we were both, you know, actively awesome. active members. Well, absolutely. But also, um, you know, members of a co-working space. Yes. And that was maybe not a brand new concept, but it was a newer concept, certainly for the Midwest. And so I just find that interesting in terms of how we were able to connect. There were some other pieces there, but initially, you know, that that was how some parties knew other parties. And it was like, wait a minute, you know, I think yeah. Lindsay and Katrina would really hit it off and, Definitely. you know, have a great business relationship and, you know, co-working space or I guess environments will come up again later. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to The Hatch for being one of Indy's first yes. uh, spaces like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's how Katrina and I started working together, kind of through the power of networking and relationships, which, you know, is a very um, prevalent thing here in Indy. I feel like it's a, even though it's a big city, it feels like a small town. Um, and then through that, I ended up leaving that company and moving to a larger company here in downtown Indianapolis that's a global company, um, about 80,000 people in the manufacturing space, and I am a corporate communications manager um, so led all their internal communications for, you know, specific um, business units, internal things for the chief administrative office, um, HR, ethics and compliance, um, global facilities, just a whole 
bag of fun things. So when people say like, "Don't kill the messenger," are they literally talk- they're talking about <laughs> about and you? Yes. Um, but it really ties into what we're here to talk to you about today because you know supporting employees through internal communication was obviously um, more important than ever before during the pandemic in the last three years. So um, worked a lot through that, you know, educating employees on the latest from the government, the WHO, the CDC, the company, um, you know, what it, how they could report COVID cases and just all those different things that we all experienced. And then I guess we can now say post-pandemic. I'm kind of scared to say that out loud, knock on wood. No, I think it's okay. Um, But post-pandemic also led the efforts and communications efforts to bring employees back to the office. So, um, you know, that was a large workforce that were boots on the ground, hourly plant workers, in addition to corporate office employees. So also just managing that um, duality of what is perceived to be hardship and privilege, depending on the type of employee you talk to. Mm. Yeah, a lot there. A lot to unpack there. Yeah. So you had to initially communicate, you know, everyone's going home. And then you also then had to say, hey, Mm -hmm. time to come back (laughs) or time to say, hey, you actually don't get to come home. Like you still have to come to work every day. Yeah. Work in a plant. Yeah. And your families are at risk and all that kind of stuff. So and certainly in multifamily, we were, you know, we were were in critical infrastructure the whole time. So there wasn't, you know, there wasn't some of that going on. But then there was like envy. Mm -hmm of, you know, yeah. people in multifamily and leasing associates and managers, you know, that were there and showing up every day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think then that's what sparked a lot of the conversation just about how to retain talent, you know, in an environment now post-pandemic, yeah. um, you know, that that offers that to some people. And then obviously hybrid options mm-hmm. are, are there too. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about remote work from Lindsay's perspective, or, you know, of being the person communicating with you know, corporate leaders and their motivation for needing people to come back to the office. And then also, you know, Lindsay, you yourself at at the time you were a hybrid or you were a, you know, remote worker at the apartment community. <laughs> and yeah. then also at one point you worked for a property management company. So that's, yes. you know, when I referenced all three, you know, sort of viewpoints like you um, when we decided we wanted to talk about this, mm-hmm. like you fit um, you fit for m- just multi perspective. So. Let's talk a little bit first about, you know, just why it's important that remote work is is an option. You know, right now that was that was important to you mm-hmm. and has been really. Yeah. Um, why do you think it's important? Just broad, broad spectrum. Why is it so important to allow remote work? Yeah, I think that there there's several things that are important for it. You know, I, I know, you know, now. If you're not, if your company is not talking about and doing more than just talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, then that's a problem. Um, but in this, you know, the, this world that we're living in today, there is more focus and care and value put into mental health and um, a work-life balance and things like that. And so, I think one thing is the beauty of remote work is the time that you get back from commuting. So for me, you know, we moved 45 minutes north of the downtown area um, during the pandemic based on the fact that we were hybrid and my husband's fully remote but I went into hybrid after being a primarily on-site employee and we had a child and just felt like this was the time to do that because I wouldn't have to be commuting so much um, when I was previously in the office four to five days a week so um, you know that's one thing just getting back 
an hour and a half a day of your life to spend with your family or to go to the gym or just to do something for yourself is a huge value add. Um, and I also think that um, just, okay, we're going to stop for an edit. Hold on. <laughs> go for it. So what did you ask me? You asked the like, why. Well, why it's so important to offer like remote work. Why it's, a, why it's important to employees are important to yourself, mm -hmm. you know, to have remote work as an option. Um, you miss that. Was this one of the questions? I just used the outline, but if you want, we can um, restart no, okay. at. Um, okay, I actually, I have it. It's okay. okay. So can can they still with the work with what I just said? You're okay. okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and scene. Okay. So I think that the, you know, one of the other really important things that have has come out of this, you know, expansion of the the idea of remote work it is equity, you know, especially for global companies. You think about how many employees were remote and always had to take meetings on Zoom or Skype or whatever the technology was. They were never connected in person to employees. My husband has always been remote. So, you know, you you miss that com camaraderie. You miss the culture. You miss those things that are important in building relationships and feeling like you belong somewhere. And so I think the the remote work that now you're on calls where everyone is remote or everyone is in a different place, it really um, has brought some equity to that space for, you know, employees that don't live near an office and kind of bridge that gap. And I've heard that feedback through, you know, voice of customer surveys and all different kinds of ways. Um, you know, I have heard that actual documented feedback. Yeah. And I think you know, in the multifamily world, you know, depending on size of company, anyone that's ever worked on site at a property that's close to the corporate office can tell you that they, you know, they do get the most attention positively or sure. negatively. Yeah. You, know, they're, uh, yeah. you know, those communities are the ones that people are driving through yes. and just yeah. arriving at. Sure. And then we organically just maybe know more about the individuals that are there. And then and is that and is that fair? Yeah, um, because that visibility isn't the same, right. you know, sort of worldwide or globally or statewide or, you know, whatever your market looks like. So, you know, I guess that's the benefit on the remote side or at least just using utilizing that technology to make yeah. sure that it's not just the people right in front of you that get, you know, some care and keeping and FaceTime like we all every, everyone needs it in equal in equal measure. And I think to your point, too, it has pushed companies and leaders and communicators to get more creative in being more inclusive. So, you know, if we now know, of course, that if you're closer to the corporate office or whatnot, you have more visibility with the leaders, they know more about you. Well, when everyone is somewhere else, then it pushes them to have to get creative with what kind of, you know, maybe they have a new type of meeting that's hybrid. You can come in and it's, you know, a live webcast. That's something we transitioned to during the pandemic and post-pandemic. Um, you know, it just, it also, I think, just kind of nudged that idea that hey we need to be more inclusive of all types of workers yeah yeah so what uh you know you've recently made a career move mm -hmm. was it a was it a non-negotiable that you had opportunity to do remote work yes full full-time remote work or part-time no part-time yeah <clears throat> what was non-negotiable was flexibility um and the understanding that this is not 1975 you know <laughs> i mean truly yeah. like our parents both my parents grew up um, working in finance and my mom worked my both my parents worked at a bank and you know I went to after school care and so did my siblings and 
um, that has stayed with me. You know, those things of not being able to go home with other kids and have playdates or whatever. And I remember my mom getting home from work at six o'clock at night and her feet hurting and her being tired. And, you know, she used to say if we didn't eat out of a brown paper bag that our dinner, we wouldn't know what it was because they were always just on the way to like a sporting, you know, one of our practices or after work. And she's probably going to kill me for saying that on air, but I just won't send her the link. Um, But, you know, it's just a different time that we live in now. And I think that it's a lot more intentional now of, hey, yeah, we're working to live. We're not living to work. So if the, you know, during during your search, just a curiosity, you know, when you were when you were looking for some other options, did you find that that was a keyword in most of the employers or the, you know, ads or postings that you were seeing that they're all including some statement about whether it's hybrid or remote? And is it almost always now offering something like that, at least in Absolutely. your world? It yeah. was. Yes. Yeah. I think with corporate companies, especially because it has been proven now that we surpassed financial targets. We, when I say we, I mean collectively, like companies all over the world. Yeah. Like we, you know, we can do just as good a work and actually sometimes better not being in the office because you do have less so- socialization and less distractions in those ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is possible. You know, I don't think, you know, the the older generation of leaders can no longer say, you have to sit in this chair from this time to this time for us to know you're working. Yeah. There's probably still some of that. Well, there's yeah. definitely still some <laughs> of that, <laughs> still that going on. Their argument is yeah. a lot less yeah. backed by truth. Yeah. You know. So let's talk a bit then, you know, clearly we, you know, we can all agree that it's not it's not something that's changing. We we obviously see that in, in every in every way, shape or form as it relates to environment, though. Let's bring it into our apartment communities, our apartment mm-hmm. complexes. We don't say complex, but everyone else calls us that. So I guess I'll say it. Um, you know, you said that both your husband and you were remote. He was full-time remote and you were part-time remote. And were you in an apartment for any part of that? Oh, yeah, for all of that. So we, <laughs> right before the pandemic, that was when the housing market was starting to get really good for sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sold our house and wanted to sa- decide, hey, do we want to build or buy? And we really weren't sure what area we wanted to be in. We were trying to start a family. There's just a lot of ifs. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, coming, I moved here, like I said, from New York City. So for me, apartment life as an adult was what I had known. Um, and I just said, hey, let's go rent something. I think that makes sense right now. Let's take the maintenance off of our plate. Let's get somewhere with a community that is close to the highways, easier to get to work and things like that. Um, and it was really great. It was so great for that time period. However, during the pandemic, we did start a family and no one told us daycare lists are year long. And so once we had the baby, well, first of all, before the baby, I had to set up in the living space. It was an open like kitchen um, dining living room. Yeah. I had to set up a desk over the side in there that kind of made us look like quarters USA. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you just don't want your everyday desk like in yeah. your everyday living space. Yeah. Really. And then my husband had to work out of our bedroom. OK. It was a two bedroom apartment, but um So I guess actually one of us was in the guest bedroom for a little while. But then once we had a baby, obviously that wouldn't work. And so what we had to do is hire a nanny for six months until once I went back to work until we could get into a daycare. 
So my husband actually had to go either work in the conference center down in our lo- apartment lobby mm-hmm. um, or go work out of a co-working space. I love that day. you called it a lobby. We, I mean, we might call it a clubhouse. Clubhouse. So sorry. <laughs> I'm used to New York City lobby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. If y'all want to just take it up a notch, we can call it a lobby or we can call it a clubhouse. It's fine. Clubhouse sounds more like so, work. So he actually had to. And also, I just like I'm picturing you and him. Yeah. And and I don't think anyone's ever said that you were quiet, like that you had a, um, you know, she baby a little bit more. But what, what was that like? Were you competing with each other? Did you have to schedule calls on opposite times so that way you weren't interrupting each other's work? Well, what's funny is I always tell people now that I never knew how much of a loud talker my husband was until this happened. Oh, OK. I actually my husband's kind of quiet and reserved. We're very opposite. Um, but when he's on work calls, mm-hmm. he turns into a different he turns into a radio <laughs> DJ or something, you know, like he's talking loud. He's in sales. So he's passionate and he's selling and doing his thing. And there were times when I was just like, wow, I cannot concentrate or like I felt like people could hear it in the feedback of my call. To your point. Yeah. I would say the biggest issue was because I was out in the living space. Mm-hmm. And yes, that was challenging. You couldn't come make lunch. You couldn't come get a drink. You couldn't walk behind me because you could be seen even if I had the back of my, you know, my screen grayed out or background on. Um, so there were definitely some challenges there. And I think the biggest challenge was for me, the fact that I worked and lived in the same room for two years. Yeah. Like I did not leave that area except for two hours at night for two years. Yeah. That's that's wild. Yeah. What? And all the walls were white. So it was li- yeah. kind of like living in an insane asylum <laughs> at, towards the end. What? <laughs> um, gosh, I, I mean, just thinking about it and everybody I'm sure is just like well is the answer is the answer more space is the answer different space is the answer you know more opportunities in those common spaces because I think the reality behind um, you know just saying well if you're going to be a remote worker then just get yourself a three-bedroom instead of a two-bedroom or get yourself a two-bedroom instead of a one-bedroom you know whatever that looks like you know it kind of boils down to how much square footage do you need Mm -hmm. and then for your office area and then in addition to that how do you isolate it you know so in in the amenity space like when the lobby the lobby the lobby lobby space um uh you know what what was there for him how did that work was it a separate space nobody could hear him did he have to reserve it what was that like we actually both used the lobby conference center a lot yes um so when you it was a you know, door access entry room with three screens and a keyboard that you could plug into and a printer. And then there was a private like boardroom. So it was probably like an eight table, eight person table Mm -hmm. with a sliding door that closed it off. I will say there was no soundproofing or anything. So, you know, you could always hear in the next room or whatever. But, you know, we both used that a lot. Um, And then there was a big off, big open clubhouse that you could sit in and work if you just wanted a change of scenery. Um... But that was that was how we utilized that space. I personally think so. We just bought a house this past October. Our one year in a rental turned into I think three. Okay. Um. So we bought a house this past October, and that was a challenge we had never had before. Was okay. We went from needing like two, maybe three bedrooms to five bedrooms. If you're really talking about home office, yeah. And in Indy and around Indy, I mean, that takes your budget up significantly. Oh, of course it does. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but what I've read is one of the reasons that so many apartment communities are being built is because housing is so expensive now. And a lot of people are choosing this rental life to figure out either, hey, where do I want to live? Or they can't afford to buy a house right now or what that may be. So I feel like 
you know, that expectation expectation to oh well buy a three-bedroom or rent a three-bedroom apartment if you're gonna need to work from home well that's not in the budget either you know yeah it doesn't auto i mean unless unless there's an escalation in you know pay because you're finding these new roles but even still that's not how anybody wants to spend their you know whatever that increase looks like or whatever that change of pay looks like they're not just like okay cool now i can get a Mm three-bedroom um i think we're probably more in like a make it you know, just like make it work situation, pardon the pun. I was actually, yeah. I thought, felt like that was a good pun, actually. <laughs> um, you know, and and trying to do that in an apartment life and in apartment living. And you're right. People do choose to rent for a lot of different reasons. And, you know, we'll, we'll leave all the data and the analytics up to the great yeah, report because they're really that. good that at that. Um, uh, <laughs> observation. No, we, I mean, um, yeah, it's, 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 definitely a lot of variables going into why we continue to build apartment communities. Yeah. And I think what's important to talk about is, you know, what are, what are we building? What could we retrofit? You know, how can we really serve the hybrid worker? Like, I think that, I mean, clearly a conference room is not a new concept. Right. And, um, you know, but I think now, like, let's expand on that and say, well, actually, remember the hatch had, um, they had a sound booth? Yes. And I was obsessed with it. Uh-huh. And I, because, you know, a long time ago, I felt like I should probably be on radio or in a podcast or something like that. I've known well, this, I've known this for a while. To your dream country. <laughs> yeah, but they, I, I, I thought, well, that's, you know, that's genius. That's a private space. And, um, you know, is, is it that the operators, you know, is it that we need to cater to, you know, for instance, if we're maybe in a student housing area, you know, what are their assignments look like? What do they have to turn in? What does, what does a hybrid worker have to do to sort of prove some of that productivity? Are there some, you know, if I had to record a training, can I do that in my apartment when um, I have a toddler, you know, that might have something to say? And, yeah. and, and you can't just be like, hey, shush, yeah. you know, I, oh, I did yeah. that. Like, what are the things that, um, you know, we have to do in our day to day work? And are there some things that we should be offering outside of the eight person conference room? Like, like, would you say that that eight person conference room should have been broken up into three pods? I will say we use the conference room much more than the shared room. You know, they had the three uh, screens. So there was the two rooms. Mm-hmm. So there was a, the private conference room. Yeah. And then there was the room that like a business center like you have now. And yeah. Department communities. Right. Um, I think that I think it depends on where obviously the office is. Like, is it around a lo- or sorry, the apartments are like mm-hmm. is it around a lot of offices? Is it a high, you know, professional area? But I do think there's a better utilization of space. I, my company now, my office has the call booths too. So we have like cubicles we have for people that come in three or more days a week. We have um, open seating or gen pop just where you can p- plug in a computer and, you know, come and go. And then we have call booths. Um, I think we have a total of six. What's for the call booth? People. Like paint a picture for me. So it's like the rooms at the hat. So it's it looks like three. It looks like you're going to go in there and go into like back to the future. <laughs> Honestly, it's okay. like these three tall, skinny booths with a door on them that's yeah. frosted out. Yeah, okay. And they're soundproof. And then you walk in, you go in, and I mean, it's tiny. Like, once you sit down, you can't, like, stretch your arms out or anything, but there's right. just a desk, a light, and you can have calls and not disrupt the people around you. Because that's another thing is office etiquette. We all know apartment etiquette is a struggle sometimes, too. I was just going to say, like, we've never, <laughs> I mean, soundproofing, you know, yeah. um, 
isn't isn't a thing and it right. made me wonder mm-hmm. like did your neighbors hear your calls yeah did your are you know more people were home during the day it causes yeah. parking problems because y'all are y'all are working hybrid so you're all you're you know we used to have it slower oh yeah so there's that <laughs> i mean there's like a just yeah. sort of a litany of you know challenges there that as an operator you know if you're a new development or if you have an existing community you know, what What can we look at? And an amenity space, I think, is something we should all just be honest with ourselves about. Like, we build these, like, large, beautiful amenity spaces. And then, you know, you talk to a manager or a leasing person, you say, you know, how often is somebody up there? And they're like, well, last Wednesday, um, yeah, uh, you know, Joseph <laughs> came. dog up there for yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So I, so, I mean, is it is it smart for operators to break up those large spaces? And it's hard because the aesthetic... We feel like the aesthetic is what sells people. Like that's the grand, you know, this just beautiful area. And that's what your, you know, your big images are online. And it's like, that's, is that what's really bringing people in? Mm -hmm. Um, But if, if hybrid and remote work is important and those are keywords and searches, like what can we really do? Like those mini booths, um, you know, what about in the actual, in the actual unit? Like I know of a community in Evansville, Indiana, that is, is hyper-focused on this live work concept. Mm -hmm. So they've built apartments and some of the floor plans actually have like a frosted partition. So they didn't really add space and they didn't really add a room. You know, there's probably just some square footage there. But because they, you know, didn't have the expense or structural, you know, of and light still comes in. And I'm just like, well, that that was smart because then you have this place where you don't have to worry about what's behind you. You don't have to keep your kitchen clean, yeah, you know, because the visual yeah. in there. um, and, and I don't, does your company have policies on, you know, um, Zoom Zoom calls or digital calls or, you know, whatever that like talks about what is appropriate in the background or talks about like, are you allowed to do that? That's somebody's personal space that you're yeah. requiring them to use. But are you, does anyone talk about that? Definitely gets murky. Um, <laughs> the first thing I wanted to say in response to what you just said is that sounds like a super cool property. I do personally think after living through you know, working from home in an apartment with other people that need to work in the apartment too, that if I was a builder, especially, I would absolutely start incorporating that into new builds. You know, just yeah. like you said, some little space. It doesn't have to have extra cabinets. It doesn't have to have anything but just a space and like, you know, maybe like you said, a frosted privacy glass or something like that. Um, a landing, you know, if it's a two-story apartment or townhouse type apartment mm-hmm. or whatever, where, you know, a landing, like what can you use for that space? You either throw toys and a couch there or it's your office, something like that, where there is an option, um, a, a desk and a kitchen even, you know, even if it's not the ideal space, like mm-hmm. something I think, because I personally, from what I'm seeing in the trends and the feedback is that this is not going to go away. Like this is the future of you know, the landscape of the workforce. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously, for sure. I mean, I think the fact that we talk about it so much, and especially on the commercial side, like, what are people doing with some of, you know, all of these offices and how to yeah. get people to come back in? And then even on a hybrid, stand, you know, in a hybrid environment, you still have to have the space. So, yeah. you know, do you have a lot of square footage that you don't need? But you kind of mentioned, you know, how there's common spaces within that. Mm-hmm. So not everybody has their own. Yeah. I keep saying, like, you know, my daughter's um, 17, just started her senior year. And I keep wondering if down the road, having an office is going to mean that she made it. Mm. Whereas, you know, right now it's, I want to go home. I want to. At my last company that I just left, um, I was there for five years and huge, like 
very well-known, huge company, even the C-suite leaders didn't have an office. They also were open seating. Yeah. The same kind of desks that we had. Yeah. You know, they were ergonomic desks that went up and down. They sure. had the privacy panels, but yeah. they were cubicles. Yeah. That They had the same thing. Do you think they liked that? I think it depends on the culture of a company. That, okay. was, that was their approach to workplace culture for many reasons. Um, but they, yes, it, it drove more collaboration, which they feel produces innovation. Fair. Okay, so maybe maybe Finley won't. Yeah, won't so care about. I don't know. I when don't... she comes here, that's her most exciting thing is like to see everybody's offices. And well, so, let's be honest, because we like yeah. to decorate the. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's the main reason. Yeah, I. Yeah. Um, you know, so when we talk about remote, you know, being the future, I also wonder if there's going to be a piece of the future, depending on what they, you know, depending on what that, you know, group of their kids now. Yeah. But you know, how are they going to look at? at success because if remote and hybrid is normal and I I remember thinking probably years ago like when I heard somebody got to work from home like that was glamorous that was pure luxury that was like how did you right so once it becomes mainstream Mm -hmm. do we do do we want that anymore and and probably like you know the masses are still going to enjoy some of that so long as as like we, we don't want it to be where our apartments though are pushing people out because we're nowhere near being able to you know, serve that community. It's hard to retrofit, but like the community I'm talking about, it's called Post House um, in Evansville. And, you know, I've been back and forth a little bit with the manager there, Jacob. And, uh, you know, it's it's more than just the partition. It's like, um, you know, floor outlets, Ethernet, mm-hmm. you know, trying to avoid the situation where your, you know, Wi-Fi is um, kind of like a smart bill overloaded for- a, li- a little bit. I mean, yeah. definitely. And they're identified specifically as live work floor plans you know so it's not named um you know the oak tree that's a hard clear and that's an interesting space because i think that that is a super smart cool approach Mm -hmm. but the other turn of that so my new company um when i left my last company a month ago they were requiring you come back in two days a week and then if you had an intern or a new hire um if you're a people manager you had to come in three days a week okay and so did the new hire so, um, you know, now my new company, you can I can be fully remote if I want and just come in as needed and use one of those gin pop desks. Mm-hmm. And I actually chose to come in three days a week so I could have a desk. That's the minimum for having your own desk space. Okay. Um, and I haven't had that in five years. And so I always said I used to lead um, art and architecture tours for my old office because it's a pretty um, we, you know, they worked with a really well-known architect and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, one thing I'd always tell people is that I had to, you have to flex a muscle in your brain that you're not used to using when you constantly have to pack up your laptop, take it home, tack up your laptop, go to a meeting, pack up your laptop, go to a, you know, centralized social area to eat lunch, pack up your laptop, go to get some, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're constantly having to restart your brain and that can be exhausting too. Yeah. For me, I have found, I like having a dedicated space where I have my things and mm-hmm. my stuff and right. my space and my brain knows it's time to go to work. But also working from home, you're always working. Like I I just was always, you know, I even if I wasn't actively working, it was on my brain more because I think it was my work space. You know, when you're growing up, they say don't do homework in your bed because your brain thinks it's time to sleep. Yeah. It's the same thing with working from home all the time. Well, don't you think that's somewhat contradictory then? So we talk about wanting to work from home for work-life balance and then what we end up doing is you know, maybe it's work-life harmony instead, um, you know, because I I agree. And I, where I was before, we were required to come in 
to the office two days a week. And, you know, here I I come here or to a site five days a week. And I ask myself sometimes, like, what's the opportunity cost in that? Like, what am I missing at home? Well, um, chores, pretty much just chores. Yeah, (laughs) I think that that was the perception, me and myself included, of work from home, better work life balance, don't have to get dressed you know, to the nines and all that. Yeah. You know, don't have to buy work clothes and all that kind of stuff. Sure. But I think that now that we've been through it, our thinking has evolved. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. It is still a luxury, but like with anything else, there's give and take. Right. And there's boundaries. So now we want, now we want both. Ultimately, now I we want both. it can be summed up in one word, flexibility. You want yeah. the option. I want right. I want to have an option that I can go into an office, but I don't want to be told what days that has to be or maybe even for some people, how many days? Yeah. So, so how in the in in the world do we continue to recruit talent to work at our apartment communities? If you know, and 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 I mean, it would probably be it could be really hard for someone that maybe really wants flexibility. That that's not been something that in multifamily from a staffing perspective that we would ever have called ourselves like yeah. we have a little bit of um, rigidity as it pertains to someone else because we're this like horrible, fun, but horrible combination of like a retail storefront because there's an expectation that we're there. Um, But also, you know, there's so many things that we're doing behind the scenes that no one ever sees and nobody needs to see. And your customer service. And we're customer service. And, and, you know, where's where's the balance? And maybe you tell me, when you lived in an apartment community, how often was a physical interaction or engagement critical to your decision making, whether that was choosing, you know, that apartment community initially or deciding to renew, you know, how critical was how critical was the face to face or the fact that you had like somewhere you knew you could go between certain hours and 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 see someone and engage. For me, the initial, you know, when you meet someone, the tour, that's like hugely impactful, you know, because that's like the first glimpse into the experience. Even if you've seen video, virtual tour. okay, because that's the first glimpse for me into the experience of living there. And that might be because I have worked in so much customer service, you know, not in the same way, but just having to serve people. Right. Um, That if that's not a great experience and I don't see anyone else, a manager around or something that might turn me off. Mm But I will say that even when I had frustrations with some of the leasing staff or something like that, when a manager or even a regional manager would follow up, it was like, okay, yeah, everybody has to learn. Everybody has. But it's that communication and that customer service, as long as it comes from someone somewhere, Yeah, I think is really important. But I think this kind of goes back to the struggle of empathy with people that are have to work on site and people that don't there's a there's a level of it that is just circumstance like it just what is what it is right the, yeah you know like yeah a dentist has to go to work a dentist cannot do their job from home <laughs> yes you true. know so it's like you cannot lease apartments from home like you have to be face to face and at some point well sometime i right? mean i would i would challenge that and say that <laughs> every leasing agent in america hates me that i just said that by the way no they love you that you said that <laughs> they love you that you said they want to be on site well, no. Well, no. That is a level of job protection, though. Oh, so yes, if you're yes. saying if you're saying that it is still, you know, crucial to, you know, changing you or transitioning you from just like almost there to definitely there and that buying decision. Yeah. Um, then, no, I think that they I think that they would support, you know, what you said. And I think it just goes back to people want um, 
you know, I don't know if this is the best phrasing, but like you want your cake, you want to eat it too. So yeah. even leasing associates want flexibility and leasing associates would want the opportunity to work from home. And so then, you know, in a multifamily space, it's like, do we, you know, there's a lot of conversation around centralization of some of these leasing tasks. And, you know, can you talk to someone on the phone if that's what you want, that's the experience you're choosing, you know, can you talk to someone on the phone and have a great conversation and feel very connected? And can that get you over the finish line regardless of ever, you know, um, shaking their hand, you know? Like, <laughs> Sorry, I waited so long for you to finish that thought. It's okay. <laughs> but but is it, it, it's this, it's the question that is kind of swirling all around all of our conversations, you know, as it pertains to AI, as it pertains to experience and customer experience and quantifying what that looks like. And I'm not saying that we're trying to figure out what the bare minimum is. But what I am saying is, uh, you know, is it that offices could be open less as long as you knew and could count on them being there in that window of time? And could a leasing agent absolutely work so. work at home and work leads and make calls and do all of that? Like, you think you think that there would be anything lacking from your perspective as a renter? No. If they get to experience remote work. Not as a renter, because I feel like the only time I would really go into the office for a true face to face need to talk to you would be if I was going to get my mail. And I'd be like, well, I'm right here. So I might as well, you know, because your mail room is in like a centralized. <laughs> yes. Some place. Yes. And that's why you have oh, to sorry. go. Yes. Yeah. So I might. So I'm like, well, I might as well just tell them I need that maintenance request put in or whatever. Or yeah. Ask them about a follow up on something since I'm here. Yeah. But no, I think that's ex- totally reasonable. And that is flexibility for everyone. Yeah. You know, you have hours. So instead of having your hours on site, be eight to five, they're Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, eight to five or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think even one day a week to be able to work from home mm-hmm. is a game changer. Is it? Yes. One day? Yes. What about maintenance? Do they do they get to work from home? Or is that those circumstances? Not when you're to solve your industry's problems. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, then this is it. Uh, well, maybe that's a hard one because of proximity. You know, like, yeah. yeah, you can't be on call if you live 30 minutes, an hour away in the middle of the day. Right. Sure. And, you know, that's where there, there's there, I don't want to say there's animosity between. Right. But um, yeah, as one of our directors says, you know, front of the house and back of the house. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. You know, that that could and probably did create some divide. Yep. And you mentioned a divide earlier, too, between like the difference between, you know, corporate staff or satellite staff or however that goes. Like we can't um, we have yet to figure out how we could ever let, you know, the maintenance side have that flexibility and have that remote work. And then in this spirit of, you know, equal treatment, but they're two different jobs. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to be like, they're two different jobs. But, you know, how do you manage, you know, do you do you manage people where you're at now? Do you have some people under you? Mm-mm. I don't remember. I'm an individual contributor, and I like it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Currently. Um, you're so lucky. Yeah. Managing people is hard. Managing. Well, I think that's the other thing about ha- having the remote option is, of course, everyone already does their best to invest in top talent, but you really got to make sure you're getting strong talent that you can trust to work from home, that you can trust yeah. to do those yeah. cold calls and the leasing and help you hit numbers, because otherwise... yeah. You know, and I think that's the point we're at where it does feel nice to work for a company that's like, hey, you're an adult, get your work done and come in when you need to. And we're cool. But not every industry or office or whatever it may be is that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think that that I mean, and we have the ability certainly to quantify, you know, work, whether we're using just sophisticated CRMs and, you know, watching people in the path. But that's that's the other component is the technology piece. So you have to have. 
you have to have investors and owners and operators that are willing to put the money in the software side so that way you can monitor productivity because you know when i managed an apartment community like i could look at my leasing agent <laughs> and see you know what she was doing and we obviously were recapping you know all day kind of in a yeah. in a way whereas you know if that shifts and we're not there and i think it all boils down to the resident will dictate the prospect will always dictate what we should be doing and what their needs are. Yeah, they'll let you know. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, I think you had, uh, I had, I had taken some notes. Um, One of my nice to have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were just talking about, I, I wanted, I wanted Lindsay to, you know, obviously have some kind of background on what we were going to talk about. So it wasn't a total surprise. And so I, you know, asked, you know, what are some pet peeves about, you know, apartment living? And then also, you know, what would be some sort of like nice to haves you want to you want to go there with them? Yeah, let's start with let's go. Um, let's go with pet peeves first. Okay. In I terms of apartment, living, a few of them. you have a few of them. so one of my big pet peeves when you haven't like the last apartment community I lived in had indoor hallways. Mm hmm. And they did not match the care of the clubhouse or the apartments. And that's a problem. I know that's expensive and probably the last place you want to put money when you're looking at your budget. But yeah. to walk around and just see like water stains or, oh. you know, the paint's a different color in certain areas or whatever it may be. Yeah. It was just like, mm, that doesn't feel great. It's funny that I think, you know, it's it's hard because like to us it's like what is that space and what's important about it like it's a it's a corridor it's a means it's a channel to get you from one place to the other but important mm -hmm. more important maybe than we realize too at our ages I mean we were in our late thirties and we we weren't living there you know it, it wasn't like we were fresh out of college and just like all we could afford was an apartment and we were just happy to be there out of our parents house you know like yeah. we're adult professionals and we want to come home to a place that reflects the place we are in life yeah absolutely and all of and every square yeah. foot of it right yeah exactly yeah what else yeah. including you know the grounds the pool like all those things those things are important to you Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. okay. Yeah. I think the follow up is obviously the most important because just that is where the frustration really comes. Like if you're having a bug issue or a water leak issue or whatever the issue is and you follow up and, you know, I we would hear a lot, well, you know, it's just out of our hands. It's a corporate or it's at a regional level. And it's like, oh, that's funny because we can't get in touch with the regional or the corporate office. So, you know, and we had a great experience, like not, it was yeah. a great place to live, but I yeah. do think having that open lines of communication, but sorry, right now we're talking about pet bees. So gross always was one. No. Lack of communication was the next right. one. Yeah. Lack of communication, which, you know, it's that, that's funny. Talk to me about that just for a second. Yeah. What, what is your preferred means of communication? Is it email, text, phone? Yeah. Well, I think for me, it again depends on what we're talking about here. I think when you're needing real time answers or updates, the phone is the best. Yeah. Um, like a conversation on the phone. Yeah. Yes. Or like, you know, there were several times where someone was supposed to come to our apartment, whether it was like regular maintenance to change the um, filters or like someone we had coming to do something. And the front desk would tell me, because we had a newborn, you know, I'll let you know what time range that they'll be there yeah. or what day. Yeah. And we weren't told. 
And then I'm sitting there like not in a position to welcome guests. Yeah. You know, into the <laughs> yeah. home, if you know what I mean. And so I, those kinds of things were frustrating to me. Yeah. Um, and I, I would have preferred probably on the phone just for the immediate knowledge. Right. But I think email or whatever, it's I don't think that, you know, I don't have a preference necessarily. Just communication, period. Yeah. Just, just yeah. Do what you say you'll yeah. do. Yeah. And especially you know, like I'll, you know, I'm going to write this down and. I'll follow and then it doesn't happen. And listen, everybody has a lot going on, but you have to manage, you have to have integrity yeah. when you're in customer service yeah. or you lose yeah. confidence. Well, that's our, that's our one job is to is to communicate well with you. Yeah. I mean, we're there to serve or service in a sales industry. You know? Yeah. So it's Does pretty Lord important. communicate if you're right, late on rent? <laughs> we're just kidding. We were never let on a fair. rent. That's completely fair. But that's you know what I mean. funny that we've we've figured like, out. Oh, your lease is coming up, and you know we really need you to let us know. Yeah, so, we're um, we're on that. No question. Um, what what other pet peeves? People on lower levels that complain about noise. Listen, oh. America, <laughs> or whoever's listening, if you're moving in to a apartment and it's not on the top floor, you're yeah. going to hear noise. Yeah. Like that, that should just be a given. Yeah. So we never had a complaint. We were on the top floor. It was three floors. We never had a complaint until right at the very end. Our son had like just turned one and the people that lived below us were older and like retired older, you know, we're home a lot during the day and they made a complaint that we were running laps back and forth. Oh, wow. Our, our apartment yeah. and jumping up and down. Okay. And I'm like, did they know we had a job? Or did they think we were just upstairs, like jumping and running? <laughs> Unclear. Regardless, I told the the front desk. I said, "I'm going to be really honest. Like, we have a toddler, and like, I don't know how to stop that." And she was like, "Right, well, you can't say that. <laughs> we need you to say you'll try, you know." And so we can go back to tell them, which I get it, but it's like, yeah. I mean, we weren't doing anything crazy. If anything, I was always like, don't do that. Don't chop. Don't, you know, I was very cognizant of it. But I think there's been a hypersensitivity, not a hypersensitivity. That's not maybe not the right more. phrase. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And honestly, in the, in the very beginning, yeah. when everyone was home at the same time, all of a sudden we were all, everyone was on each other's nerves for everything. Bird <laughs> feeders. the apartment and now parking. Ev- everything. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I know it's just a stressful just a stressful time, but yeah. um, you know, even even we just did some, you know, a full property walk last week. So we walked, you know, well over a hundred units over the course of a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that I was surprised how many people we sort of intruded on because they were, you know, working from home. But also, I didn't yeah. see one person that was in like a designated work from home space. It was like you know couches, yeah. things like that. But nonetheless, uh, more people home during the day. More, more people, more problems. <laughs> I don't want anything that goes into it's it's under pet peeve, but I really want to move it to helpful amenities. I think one thing that would be a huge value add for apartment communities to support people that work from home, to support parents, to support people that just work in general and have busy lives is I'm trying to figure out how to say this handyman services like you know, it would be nice. I'm moving into the apartment to drop maintenance for myself. Like, I don't want to mow the yard. I don't want to have to do all those things. Yeah. So to be able to, and I know that maintenance crews have so much work. I mean, they have a huge portfolio of work to service these, all these apartments and these big communities. So whether it's like one person dedicated to handyman services or a contractor or whatever it may be, but someone that could come hang my pictures and mirror for me, someone that could come change light bulbs in the special kind of light so you know yeah whatever it may be i think having that would be incredible 
I mean, we do. Some oh. of us do. So, okay, so well, disregard. Well, no, no, I don't think disregard. I don't think that that is common. I think it's actually the opposite mm. because, you know, we've we've educated our maintenance techs in our offices to say, those are your belongings and mm-hmm. we don't want to be responsible for them. So we're not going to hang them. You know, we're not going to hang your right, mirror because fair. we don't want to yeah, break your fair. mirror. So maybe however, and then, well, I mean, in a sense, you kind of do already in that true. giant yeah. lease agreement and you sign a lot in there. So, um, you know, in a, in a way you've requested us to do something we've, you know, agreed to yeah. do it, but where I, I have worked somewhere in the past where we had what we called top hat services. And so they set aside, you know, four or five hours or just like Friday afternoon um, and people could just sign up for the slots. I and it was that. for things like that. So so it was controlled. And it was like people would at one of the properties, people would actually call and they would say, um, you know, did I make it in time to get a slot like where yeah. it was widely known and it was obviously valued. And, and if I remember right, that started because somebody drilled their TV mount into the sprinkler line. Mutually beneficial. (laughs) Right. Mutually beneficial. So, you know, it turns and it kind of started with a little bit of level control there, Mm -hmm. but then turned into this like service, like you said. So then I don't have to worry about being home from work or not being on call or whatever because it's someone I already trust to come in my apartment. Yeah. Well, that's not a random contractor that I've found, you know, through a friend of a friend or something. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think that's definitely valid. I think that's definitely valid. And we have to ask ourselves as operators, like, have we communicated to our people, you know, that they are under most circumstances trying to find a reason to say no, or are they trying to find a reason to say yes? Mm -hmm. And, you know, in services and things like that, like, I mean, we used to, I mean, we've watered plants and fed cats and, you know, hung curtains. And it's always hard to draw the boundary, you know? Yeah. Especially when you have really great leasing staff that and manager that is such great so great at customer service and makes those relationships with the residents it's hard not to be like sure linda no offense to linda's but like i'll feed your cat <laughs> while you're out of town because you're so nice and i care about you know what i mean like that yeah that would be hard yeah and then some leasing agents would say well due to fair housing reasons i can't treat you differently than yeah. someone else and so i'm not gonna and i'm not gonna feed your cat you know yeah. or i'm not going to water your plants and you know there's just always questions about mm-hmm. that um what else helpful amenities so obviously just additional services was one and then, yes, that's one. And then I think it's great, the fun opportunities, like the food truck that come, you know, that might come to the community once yeah. a month, the yoga night they might do once a month or whatever. I think those things yeah. are awesome and need to stay. I think they well, don't. Who comes? See, this is the problem. Well, that, I'm going to sit say. on the side of property management right now. Okay. And speak for them and say, win, but I just thought they were. That's what I was getting ready to say. That's what I was getting ready to say. You people, you put on our surveys that, you know, we're not eyeing enough social events and that we don't feel community, you know, we don't feel connected. And then like, you're like, no, you never came one time. And so we really have to try to balance as, you know, really trying to balance. Like, is that one event every now and again that we spend a lot of money on and then we end up eating all the food ourselves? Is that is that key to retention or is key to retention? Probably communicate. Yeah, I think that's the key. I don't just I don't think it's part of the retention strategy. Yeah, I think it's part of the, you know, it was a push and a marketing strategy when, you know, occupancy of apartments started really getting a lot higher and as a young among like college kids young professionals like i do know that there is data official oh, data of course around young professionals now yes. and like newly married like more and more living in apartments right yeah and so i think that well one could probably argue that hybrid workers craving 
some kind of social aspect want that connection that are missing it may appreciate filling the void that's true with the neighbors but i'm going to challenge that to tell you i'm not looking for that in my apartment community that's me that's not everyone you know i'm not there to meet best friends i have those that's where I yeah. live because now I am in a neighborhood when I move into a house because I know I'm going to be there for 10, 15, 20 years. But an apartment, some people might be there that long, but the majority, right? Like, yeah. So you think the transient nature of some that's why communities, that's why they don't, that's those. why they don't do that. But I think that there are things you can do. This was, um, is something that the office I'm at now does that their property management company sets up. And sends us an email about it when it's happening and it's mobile car wash. So they will come and you can like sign up for a slot. I think I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it this next time. And um, they'll wash your car while you're working at the office. You know, like they detail it while you're working. You could also do that in an apartment, you know, mobile detailing. Do you have to move your car or they you just tell no, them where it is? No, they just do it where it is. Yeah. or Because it's really the inside of your car. It's not the outside. Oh, it's okay. the inside. I and that's see. Honestly, the, I mean, you can run through a car wash that takes two minutes. Right. The inside is what, you know, and you go to the car. There's only a few of those places left that do the inside and they're never up to my type A standards. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I feel like these people in these mobile car washes really like. Or, or just mobile job. services. Or mobile period. services, period. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's, you know, maybe that's the the new social event if, if, if they're low. And I would say just historically, there's been a couple sites that I've kind of followed that have a following, for lack of a better way of saying it. Like their residents are very, like, highly trained to know I'm going to get free food. I'm probably going yes. to have fun. There might be booze. Yeah. Like, all the really important <laughs> reasons to go. But overall, we can yeah. spend money on social events. We have a very low turnout. And, it, right. like, it hurts. it hurts our hearts. That we've gone that far. So maybe we transition that to not being at all about getting people out and everything about what do we bring to them. So, you know, the mobile groomers, Mm -hmm. the mobile, um, you know, car detailing, mobile dry cleaning. It's not like any of this is new, but I don't know who does it in just like, just like, you know all in right and has a menu of items that says I had the dog the like industrial dog wash room and stuff at my right my but you still had to go do it right you had to but what I say was I never saw one person in there and it was just this like dirty room (laughs) I was like I never I was just like ugh the dog room you know because it just looked like a place where dogs got bathed even they cleaned it and you know they took care of it but it just wasn't yeah it just wasn't like yeah no thanks but in the spirit of but if you had a dog groomer come or yeah you know I think you have to marry function with everything you do now yeah yeah gone gone are the days probably too where you just you know it's like this is our this is our property we're gonna let you borrow it we're not gonna we're not gonna do anything more than we have to Mm -hmm. you know kind of bare minimum like everybody has to step it up and especially on communities that I mean we can't rebuild them and we can't always afford to remodel anything I mean when we can we can be thoughtful for the hybrid worker we can be thoughtful for remote workers we can be thoughtful for our own site teams that might also just want like a private space i've definitely had leasing associates before that for reasons for focus oh specifically yeah would probably do better if they had a private space Mm -hmm. that they could go to to do some of that follow-up but we like to put our leasing people like right up front front, like concierge style and is that environment conducive you know anymore to the productivity that we need them to do because so so much of that work is being done so much of that funnel work is being done long before a person 
yeah. walks in if if ever. Well, I mean, I think that's why too they're getting like everywhere's getting kiosks, right? Go in, put in what you need help with. Yeah. Rings to the back office and one of the two leasing agents can go out there. Not that y'all need to invest in more technology. Like, I don't even just, think it would take that much technology. But you're saying like where we have like a heads up on what they want before they yeah. sit right yeah. in front of us. And so it's kind of like in the back. It's like a call, you know, like you can like, hey, this one's yours or, you know, you have the expertise with that or this is you yeah. know, whatever the reason. But yeah. then both people aren't being distracted. And yeah, every leasing agent. Every office, you know, personnel in multifamily would love it if before they were coming in, they, they told us like exactly what their needs were. Because we just love it when people are like, hey, you got a minute? Just want to bring something up, you know, and that's our job. Like we're right. supposed to. But you do it's never a minute. And then you hear about their grandmother's surgery, her <laughs> new dog, you know, like which is great unless you're in the middle of trying to do something. Yeah. And to and to I'm not saying I'm not customer service um, minded. I absolutely am. But like how am if we're not there for that? then that's 30 to 45 minutes of work time I got back. Mm -hmm. And would that, you know, would that person leave and go to another community because they didn't get to talk to me? I was the worst. My managers had to hate me in the beginning because I am very social <laughs> and I would definitely sit there for as long as anybody wanted to tell me their life story. And that's why I still like I run into people in town. And I mean, I list, least to them 16, 17, 18 yeah. years ago. And I'm like, yeah, how's your daughter? Like, I know she was going to IU and they'll be like, well, she's married with three kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, it has been a minute. But I mean, um, you know, there's there's a piece of this that says efficiency. Yeah. And like, where's the line? We want to find the line. Like, I don't, I don't want necessarily to pay someone to listen to the life story unless I absolutely have to, to get the lease yeah. or get the renewal. And I mean, that sounds cold. I'm not being no, well, you call stone cold green is what you stone call me anyway. Like it's not that crazy. But, it's not that crazy, but it is about efficiency. So the other piece of, you know, is the payoff for the operator and the employee that there's right. some flexibility, and we've removed that that inefficiency, and and what will it really cost us on the retention side? Yeah, and we have to all the time prioritize what's a nice to have and what's critical. Yeah. We as in like we as in in corporate America, in corporate communication, yeah, in leader conversations, in what we're communicating to employees, like or what we're being asked to do. We have you know three initiatives we need to get out. Okay, this one's going to be a nice to have. This one is a this is critical to the success of this whatever this means. You know, yeah. Um, but I also think that there's a lot of alignment, even always has been, but like even more growing alignment between hospitality and multifamily. So, like, I feel like there's probably a lot of benchmarking that could be done in the hospitality space, the, you know, commercial hospitality space of, you know, benchmarking with hotels. How are y'all handling this? What does AI look like in the space of corporate or commercial hospitality right now? Yeah. How do you hire talent? They need to be on site. How do you handle that? What is what are you hearing from your employees? You know, yeah. that might be a point of intersection to help kind of. I think a little bit. I think the I think the gap, though, is the is the commitment, you know, like we can all survive um, making a poor decision on, you know, like a like a hotel website. Like it looked really good. You know, I know I said I know I said four stars, but like to me, it wasn't you know, we can all survive that for a night. I think the buying decision for some people choosing that apartment is like the biggest thing they've ever done. Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of the the spend. And yeah. so I do think we can take some cues from hospitality. And clearly when we're building 
big fancy new apartments. Mm-hmm. Like all yeah. their all their lobbies look like lobbies. Right. It's yeah. legit. Yeah. You know? And what did you say in lobby? All right, well, it feels natural, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> it does. So I um, you know, anyway, like I do think that we're trying to build it to look like a hotel because there's nothing like there's something exciting about walking mm-hmm. into a hotel, even if yeah. you know you're there a night or four nights. Scent marketing, I'm telling you. It oh me my every time. Gosh. I know. I know. Every time. There's one apartment community in this city. I'm not going to name it necessarily, but either way, like I walked into it and it smelled like the resort that my friend yes. um Sam got married at. I and I was like, wait, it brought me right. It brought me right back to different times in a, in a good way. Yeah, it is definitely gold. Um, the last thing I want to add yeah. is a kid's pool or like zero gravity entrance into pool or something. I think yeah. that having that option, I, I don't know. I just feel like I haven't seen that at a lot of apartment communities. I mean, you're seeing like the sunning ledges, you know, like yeah. where it's like this much water, yeah. but we've got, you know, chairs placed in it. But the I wouldn't say the purpose and intent right. is about children yes or safety or zero barrier yeah yeah i mean equal opportunity housing everyone yeah but you know there are kid a lot of kids in apartments and babies in apartments and things like that so and i think that also might help um i think the reality too and like who most enjoys a pool i think a lot of us enjoy a pool atmosphere like who wants to be splashing in the water Mm -hmm. like that's that's you know probably based on whatever unit mix we have what we should what we should be building for and considering. And I, yeah, I've never. Yeah, if you're yeah. next door to a college, you probably don't need a baby pool, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> safety first, it might not be the worst idea. Splash, okay, pad, edit splash pad for 19 year olds. I don't know. Let's ask Finley what she thinks. Um, I think that was a, I think that's a good comment though, like as we're yeah. designing them. And that's, and that too is where, you know, from a management team, like the management team needs to be brought in more at the development level and with the architect, like, should be part of that. I'm very fortunate where I've worked before that we were part of those conversations so we could talk about the humans mm-hmm. that are going to enjoy the space later. Now, I wasn't ever, um, I didn't ever do the kiddie pool. I'm sorry. I think people but, just want to see growth. You know, the world is growing. Our, you know, all the DEI efforts are growing, inclusivity, empathy, all these things are growing, working from home, you know, technology, all those kinds of things. I think people want to see that out of their homes too. Yeah. They want to see something new and, yeah. and different. Yeah. And I hate that in multifamily, a lot of times we just are like, look, we're just carbon copies. Yeah, yeah. kind of. You know, we're it ain't we're, broke. Don't fix we're it. Wall, walls and floors <laughs> and kitchens. Well, definitely that um, maintenance would appreciate that. Yeah. But but yeah, just, you know, trying to identify, trying to have an identity a little bit differently and then also make sure that we're serving this the hybrid and remote worker so we can just keep them a little longer so they don't have the pain of looking for more space or different space or noise you know and whatever whatever ultimately that looks like, like well my hacking cough in this interview yeah that was really great they can uh, add that out sorry folks that's what happens when you have a yeah. kid in daycare <laughs> well Lindsay, i very much appreciate that you joined me today for it to be over yeah i love um <laughs> right i Lindsay, she's not saying this out loud, but like what she really wants is to be a repeat guest. Okay. Um, well, this so. disclosure, I have always wanted to be interviewed. And this is the first time I've, I'm not a very important person because this is the first time I've ever been interviewed. So <laughs> thank you, Katrina, for making my dreams come true. Well, you know, being at the, you know, top level and having to communicate to people that they were, you know, headed home to be communicating to people that they were coming back. You know, we could probably do a whole episode on Actually, maybe let's just do this because it might it might be fun to make it like give me some of like the top excuses or reasons. I'm going to say reasons. I shouldn't say excuses for people to um, 
you know, decline to come back into the office or refuse to come back in the office. What's so funny is we had, have you ever heard of Yammer? It's Absolutely. Like, okay. It's like Slack or yeah. you know, the thing that yeah. companies are using now. So we had an all company Yammer. And let me tell you, <laughs> it blew our minds that people didn't realize, or maybe they did realize that their managers could see these, that the senior most leaders in the company could see these comments. Okay. You know, they, and there were a couple repeat offenders and we would always be like, you know, beep, beep, <laughs> um, posted again this morning. And like, just, it's, they just put it out there. It's crazy. But, um, you know, I never really heard crazy responses for why they couldn't oh. come in because, I mean, I wasn't communicating one-on-one with the employees like that. Right. I would have been with their managers. Right. But m- most people were just honest and said, I just don't want to. <laughs> you know, yeah. they were just yeah. like, my family, you know, at risk. I-, I-, I would say it got more crazy with the vaccines, like more so than you have to come to work or not to come to work. Yeah. When we, it wasn't mandated that you had to get a vaccine, but there was a time where you had to be vaccinated to come into the office. Okay. And you had to show proof of your vaccination. Okay. And that was really the, ooh, <laughs> that was really the- Because people adventure. just didn't- Some people Maybe didn't read it thoroughly it. and understand, but they weren't being made to come back in the office. It was just a- It, it was a principle that, hey, where is, yeah. where is this company headed? What's the political party associate? I mean, it just got real off off the rails. Okay. And has anyone, um, have you seen any turnover or did you see any turnover when there was, you know, communication or requirements? No, I didn't. But again, that's, I didn't from the corporate level. Yeah. Again, that was another on-site versus not on-site. We didn't have to come into the office, so we didn't have to get vaccinated if we didn't yeah. want to go in the office. Right. We had to, I believe, get vaccinated to work in a plant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Different. Yeah. Different. Definitely a different situation for sure. Yeah. Well, um, definitely excited to see what, what keeps happening. And I'm so excited. Congrats on your back. new role. Thank and you. maybe over time we can somehow get some recap information out to our listeners yeah, about, about, where things are, yeah. about where things are headed. So thank you so much. I'm just so thrilled. I was asked to be on this. So thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I hope I get to come back and I can't wait to listen to all your other episodes. Yes. Subscribe. Subscribe to, no, to you're the complex. Say, um, like and subscribe. I'm supposed to say, okay. That's what influencers say, I think. Like oh. and subscribe. Okay. Nailed it. Okay. <laughs> like and subscribe to the co- <laughs> to the I didn't even say my own <laughs> podcast right time. Uh, so like and subscribe to the complex. See you next time. Bye.